Strategic Hot Box with Dr. Brandy Love Stankovic. Discussing leadership, business, and how to take control of your life and achieve greatness. From the streets of Las Vegas, energized, informed, and never diluted. It's time to kick some ass. Welcome to the Strategic Hot Box. It's your girl, Dr. Brandy Stankovic. Thank you for being here. Today, we're going to talk about surviving disaster. And disaster comes in many forms, and we're going to break it down a little bit. And we have a very special guest with us today, Miss Julie Lewis, who I will introduce you to in just a second. Let's get started. As we all know, shit can hit the fan, right? And when it does, it flies everywhere. It seems to, when I feel like when things go wrong, they go really, really wrong, or when one thing occurs, then uh, multiple things occur. And, and when disaster strikes, it feels like it just continues to occur and can really push you in when you're already down. And how do we cope? How is it that we can emerge from things that happen in our lives? And even if those things aren't catastrophic or when they are catastrophic, what is it that we do? How do we, we continue to grow and strive and, and go for our goals when we've had tragic setbacks, especially when the future might be a new future, when we're having to redefine what we thought we were going to achieve in life. Major disasters, I feel like, are becoming more common today than ever before, whether it's hurricanes or tornadoes or fires. So we've seen a lot of that in the United States. Uh, even organizational layoffs or people losing their jobs, um, shootings, unfortunately. What happens when, when you're affected? What happens when people, the people around you are affected? What happens when, when the worst case scenario occurs? And how do we keep from more bad things occurring after that or getting into a place where it's impacting us for the rest of our lives? And of course, when something tragic occurs, it will impact us. But how do we take that impact and make sure that we're, we're transitioning that to become part of our story in a positive way, not necessarily something that holds us back in the future? The Harvard Business Review had a really good article around this as we were preparing for the podcast today and talking about how good leaders react to crisis. And one of the things that I loved about it is it said to just pause for a moment and take a moment to figure out what's going on. I, I love that because so often we jump into fix, 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 right? Something happens and we're immediately going to go get results and, and try to fix what's occurring as opposed to just taking a moment and seeing what's happening, getting some situational awareness. Uh, I just read a quote, literally just read a quote, and it might be a fake quote, so don't, don't quote me on this quote, but I saw something from Abraham Lincoln that said, if I was given six hours to chop down a tree, I would take four of them to sharpen the ax. And I actually read it, I think in Tim Ferriss's book. Uh, so hopefully it's not a fake quote, right? But either way it is, I love that quote and the fact that take a few minutes, maybe not four hours, but take a few minutes to, to sharpen your ax, to figure out what's happening, to do some situational awareness. And of course, in a crisis that that needs to happen quickly, but still pause for a moment to figure out what's going on, what needs to occur in the future, and then act promptly, not necessarily hurriedly. And have you ever done that? Have you ever gone into a situation and you get so like, ah, that you end up making things worse? 
I find sometimes, and I even uh, read uh, in a book recently about people, about being busy, right? And I've even talked about being busy here on the Hotbox before and how it can be the new addiction or how it could be something that we all do and, or I'll say that is that the new thing that we are. And busy should, is almost like it, it's, that's a, that should be a bad thing. That means that we're out of control. And that's part of what this crisis reaction concept is as well. If you're in a, where you're hurrying, or if you're in a place where you're busy, then you aren't in control. Then you're not focused. You're not executing. And you need to act promptly and you need to act with urgency, but not necessarily in a place where you're running around with like with the chicken with their head cut off, right? Uh, the the next piece that they talked about that I think is so important is managing the expectations. And that can come in the place of whether it's external communications, whether it's to the expectations of the people that are around you, whether it's assuring, maybe it's your own expectations uh, of what you think that might occur out of it. And some of it has to do with the short and long-term wins uh, of a crisis. And that's that those, these types of things are evolving, you know, throughout, but there's a lot to think about in the process of that. And really throughout the whole thing, we have to be able to stay, stay limber, stay loose, be able to stay nimble because a lot of times with every earthquake, there's an aftershock, right? With every tragedy, there is a, an outcome that we weren't anticipating. With fires, there's smoke. With with other things that occur in our lives, there's there's after effects that maybe weren't part of the disaster recovery plan, but still are part of things that we have to work through. And the same can be applied just with a, a small issue that we're dealing with at an institution and or in in everyday life if something occurs a lot of times things will happen that you weren't planning for and being able to still have that focus still have the energy to be able to attack those things is really is really uh important i also think that once you've been through something like this to to try not to be intolerant of someone that hasn't been through that and still finds drama or still finds impact in a smaller level tragedy that they're dealing with in their life. I was uh, at a class that I was taking, exercise class that I was taking the other day and somebody came in and they were really upset. They were crying and they were being consoled by other people in the class and, and they were talking about this tremendously stressful and busy day that they had had. And I just sat there and, and I wasn't, part of their inner circle to be in the the hugging process but i i did overhear all, all this occur and was thinking to myself the whole time it was like my hopefully my exterior was staying very positive and uplifted but my interior was doing eye rolls over and over and over again going how could you possibly be stressed out about that that nothing that occurred in your life that day and then i stopped myself going whoa whoa like that's not fair for it to be you know a relative a competition of you don't even know <laughs> what it's like to be through things and and that that's true in tragedy too because we don't know what people's stories are and everybody can be impacted by things in different ways uh the that there is an individual that has i've i've come across in my life uh, her name is julie lewis and i'd like to now bring her in and formally introduce her she's exceptional she's a friend a colleague and someone that's not only survived just one disaster but a couple in a in a short period of time and has done so with such grace that i thought her sharing her story and pieces of that and her lessons learned would be so valuable for all of us here on the hotbox so i'd like to introduce you to julie lewis she's the foundation director 
director for the League of Southeastern Credit Unions. She is the chairman emeritus for the National Youth Involvement Board. She's a DE. Shout out to the DEs. She's also a certified credit union executive. And she is a CCUFC, which is a financial counselor, a certified financial counselor. And she is coming to us. Where are you these days? Hello, Julie. Where are you coming to us live from? Hi, Brandy. I am coming to you from Tampa. So this is a perfect timing because what are we doing? We're preparing for another hurricane to come through. Oh my goodness gracious. Well, are you safe right now at least? Yes. Yes. Very safe right now. We're just kind of watching everything and seeing where this hurricane's going to turn and get ready to help as many people as we can help. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I had some friends from Barbados uh, uh, message me the other day saying that they, they, they were lucky to miss it too. It just went through their area as well. So stay safe. How, uh, tell us about you and your journey. Well, back in 2017, it was the last half of the year we had some some big challenges come through. Uh, first of all, in the end of May, beginning of June, we were in a very bad boating accident. Um, I don't remember it, thank goodness. I was totally knocked out. We um, hit a stump in the water, and when we hit the stump, we hydroplaned into a tree. So I hit the tree, it knocked me out, crushed my hand. Um, it gave me, you know, a pretty big scare. My daughter had a concussion as well. Totaled the boat, so we have no boat anymore. Wow, that's kind of the worst part of it. So yeah. you were just out on the lake on a weekend, cruising along, and then hit a stump, and everybody flies out and lucky to be alive. Yes. Oh my yes. goodness. Yes, and that was the week before our big convention. So that was oh my gosh. number one challenge that came along that year, and we got through it. I had a couple surgeries on my hand, didn't lose any fingers like they thought I was going to. So that was good. Um, had a couple memory issues, but hey, now I have something to blame it on. I'm getting old. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm having memory issues anyway, so that's not a big deal. So um, then September came around, Hurricane Irma came up, came through. We kind of missed it in the Tampa area. We were lucky in that regard but our power went out, so we hooked up a generator to the house. Last time I will use a generator. I know it was a freak accident, but um, we had used it for about a week and have no idea what happened, but the generator exploded. And lucky for us, there is a bright side to this. My husband was at work. My daughter and I were headed out the door to go to a doctor's appointment. So we had been gone for about 10 minutes, I guess. Uh, we left the generator running so that we could leave a fan on for the dogs and have the refrigerator going. 10 minutes later, the neighbors called and said, I don't know what happened. There's smoke coming from your house. We heard an explosion, but we don't know how bad it is. So they had called 911. I turned around immediately, came back. I called our other neighbor. I said, can you please go back to our house? We we're on a little bit of property, so the houses were not right next to each other. Mm -hmm. But I said, can you please go back to our house and let the dogs out? I'm not sure what exactly is going on. So she kept me on the phone, walked back to the house, and just started crying. She said it, it was already so bad. The fire spread so fast that they couldn't even get near the house. So unfortunately, we lost everything, the house, everything in it 
unfortunately we lost our pets as well. Um, and that was just, that was very devastating. So then after that, if that wasn't enough, I guess everything always comes in threes. In November, my husband had a heart attack. So we had to deal with more unexpected medical expenses. And at the time we were just in a rental house because we had just lost everything. So we, we, when you uh, set the stage with saying the, you know, what hits the fan, it really hit the fan that year for us. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say so to the boating accident is one that, uh, for an, if anybody ever had to go through something like that would be devastating and would be a life experience, right? And then to shortly thereafter nearly miss a hurricane so much that it that you lose your power, right? So that feels like another experience. And then you have this occur with the generator and to watch your house and everything I mean, I have the chills, it, emotions are at the surface of my skin, just listening to the story and your, and your little furry babies inside. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then on top of that, and you know, like your, your poor husband uh, and everything that he had been through and how is he doing now? <laughs> He's doing much better. Okay, good. Uh, that forced us to make a lot of changes. So he, he's doing very well. <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing that story. Uh, and how did you, through the different stages of it, or what were some of those stages? How did you get through it? Well, probably the first stage was disbelief. You stand there, you know, not knowing what's going on, kind of in shock. It kind of felt like I was watching this horrible movie of someone else's life. And then you go through the, the pity stage, I guess. Why me? Why is all this happening to me? Um, what did I do to deserve all this? And you really don't know what to do. What really got me through it is working in the credit union industry. I know this is going to sound really corny. And I have been in the credit union industry a long time. So I have drank the juice for sure. Mm -hmm. But um, it being in such a cooperative industry, People came together so quickly. When we were still standing there talking to the firefighters, credit unions were bringing bags of clothes. They one called and arranged a hotel room for us for the next two weeks until we we kind of got our minds sorted out and got settled, which I wasn't even thinking of where was I gonna go that night. Wow. Um, my husband works for the sheriff's office and they are very, very tight knit as well. So just working for organizations that have such a tight bond mm -hmm. and family structure, that's what immediately got us through it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, taking that step back, like you said, and sharpening the ax and thinking, you know, that was probably the next stage. Okay, now what do we do? Mm -hmm. And thank goodness we had a lot of support to help us figure out what those next steps were going to be. And did it create a... A, uh, do you go through like the mourning process as well, where there's anger and and then the sadness and things because uh, you're having to reframe the future? Yes, definitely. Um, I think I did go through. I'm a very positive person. I try to be, but I know I did go through some anger. Luckily, that was a very quick phase. 
because we had, as part of the foundation, one of our initiatives is assisting others with disaster relief. Mm. So I was faced with that too. How do I help all these other people when I just was impacted and lost everything? So I kind of had to put my own situation kind of to the side a little bit and see what I could do to help those other people. And kind of like you mentioned in your class, when you heard someone talking about their stressful day, Mm -hmm. at first it got to me when people would call in and say they needed a grant for disaster relief because their refrigerator was out and they lost the food in their refrigerator. (laughs) And they just thought that was horrible. Mm -hmm. And I so wanted to scream at them and say, do you know I just lost everything? (laughs) Right. Right. But, you know, it's all about perspective to, yeah. to certain people having to replace all the food in your refrigerator might have put them in debt. Maybe they're already living paycheck to paycheck right. and now they're going to have to miss their car payment because they have to replace their food. Right. So it's all about perspective. It really is. And, and thank you for sharing that because that is, that is, it's hard not to do as a human being, right? Here, you know, that you're in everything that you've ever had is, is gone. And somebody says, I don't have my food, but the way you just framed it again and saying that maybe they don't have the means to replace that food or can't feed their family or can't, you know, all those other pieces that it, it does, it, it, it is, it's not fair for us to judge where someone's at and, uh, and, and just thank you. And I, I can't, if you can do it by golly, I should be able, <laughs> I should be able to, my goodness. Um, so has it affected you, uh, in leadership outside of the foundation as well? I would definitely say yes. It, it really, this is hard to understand, but all of that has really become a blessing because I don't take things for granted anymore. I have learned to look at other people's perspectives. I've learned a lot about empathy mapping mm-hmm. and can it can really do that now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it has helped me. And because I realized how much support I had, I didn't even know that people came out of the woodwork. I had friends and family and people in our community that I didn't even know that were helping us. Yeah. And because I saw all of that, it really, really makes me want to be a better person and a better leader and pay it forward and help as many people as I possibly can. Yes, I love that. And that's and that's really a great way to look at it and being the person that you would you needed in those moments. That's great. And how, so if, if, if you could provide a couple tips for uh, helping others to prepare better for the unexpected, what would that be? How would you, how could somebody prepare for the unexpected? Well, I would say, uh, first of all, have a plan, Mm -hmm. definitely have a plan and then have another plan just in case that one doesn't work out, have plan A, B and C Mm -hmm. and make sure you include your family, your neighbors, other people. And one very important lesson I learned is to take a detailed inventory list. Mm. So when working with the insurance company, they wanted a content list of every single thing we had in our house. Oh man. Well, (laughs) a lot of times you take pictures of the big things like the electronics and the furniture, but you you really don't know what you have in your kitchen cabinets and 
how many pairs of socks you have and how, you know, how many pairs of jeans you have. Those are just things you don't think about. And Do you all have to tell your husband all about the inventory things too? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just yes, it could be like a private inventory all, and a, I'm just all those designer purses mm -hmm. and all the shoes and all <laughs> you no. have to keep all that. So that was a big, big thing for us. That was a big lesson learned. And I'm telling you, thank goodness that I had uh, my friends at the credit union, they actually stepped in and helped us create this inventory list and walked through and made me mentally picture every room and opening each drawer and what was in it. They spent a lot of time with us. And mm -hmm. I just couldn't help but think if I was a, a normal person, because I'm definitely not normal, mm -hmm. um, if I was a normal person, how would I get through something like that with all of the help? I wouldn't have even known where to start. Yeah, you know, and I, I, I don't even have an inventory list. I never would even think to do something like that. So uh, thank you for, for sharing that. That's a really powerful step. And the so in the plan, you said family, neighbors. So fin finance is a piece of it too, I imagine. Yes, definitely finance. All your important phone numbers, um, if you could imagine, you know, we had a filing cabinet with all of our documents, account numbers, policy numbers, and it was gone. So make sure that you keep those in a separate place as well. Mm -hmm. um, you, It's just when you have nothing else that you can rely on in your house, you really need a backup system. And another good tip, this one's a little bit crazy, but People who have farm animals will love me for this. Another good tip is anytime there's a disaster pending, if you have farm animals, we had a horse and a couple donkeys, paint your phone number on those animals because if your fence gets blown down or burned or whatever it is and your animals get displaced, people will know who they belong to and they'll know who to call. So that's a good tip oh, wow. too. Oh, wow, that is great. That is, that is, uh, and animals are instinctive in a way of, of avoiding some things. Some animals are, that's, that's, that's great. Thank you for that. And the, you know, it's interesting that you bring up about fire safes. You know, we have a fire safe at home, but we keep things that we want to lock up in there versus things that we would want to keep safe from fire in there. Does that make sense? So we have yes. firearms in there versus anything important that we would want out of a fire. Right. You know what I mean? And so both are important to be locked up, but but nothing would be in there that everything else, you know, anything that would be needed after a fire would would not be in the fire safe. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> so it's just it's a really valuable uh, uh, way to frame it. Thank you for that. Um, any any mistakes that you made that you would change that uh, you would share with others? Um, mistakes that I made. Well, the inventory list was mm -hmm. a big mistake. Yeah, yeah. The having our things in a wooden file cabinet was a mistake. We should have a fireproof filing cabinet yeah. or a box to keep it in. Um, as far as mistakes, just we've learned so much and mm -hmm. we didn't really have a plan mm -hmm. before all of this happened. We had no backup plan. Mm -hmm. So just really thinking about it. And I think people kind of get complacent to disasters. Yes. I know, especially in Florida, I've lived here my entire life. 
And when we would hear a hurricane is coming, you kind of laugh it off. You think, oh, let's go get some some liquor and have a hurricane party or, mm-hmm. you know, let's all, oh, good, schools are going to be closed. Maybe I don't have to go to work. So taking things seriously, mm-hmm. you know, not only what we had to live through, but Hurricane Michael that hit last year totally devastated the Panhandle area. Yeah. And a lot of them didn't take the warning seriously mm-hmm. and it did advance really quickly in strength and that threw a lot of people off too. But just taking these warnings seriously, that's a big mistake that a lot of people make. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, maybe it's an inappropriate, inappropriate time or maybe it's the best time. Are there any funny stories that you can share with us? <laughs> Well, I actually do. I love funny stories and jokes or whatever. So I'll share this with you. A friend of ours was on the boat with us when the boating accident happened. Mm -hmm. And she didn't tell me the story until months later when she knew everything was going to be okay. And she knew that I'd think it was funny. But she said that she rode in the ambulance with me to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And when now I don't remember any of this, but she said when we got to the hospital, I kind of came to and I looked around and I looked at her and I said, where are we? Mm -hmm. And she said, we're in the hospital. And she said, I had this weird look on my face. And I said, oh my gosh, what happened? Oh no! (laughs) She said, we were in a boating accident. We're waiting for them to come and get you. And she said, I kind of sat back, soaked it all in. And then about 20 seconds later, I looked at her and I said, where are we? Oh, no. And the whole conversation repeated itself. And she said I did that for about half an hour oh, until no. they took me back into the room. So it, that was, that just cracked me up. I wish they would have that on video. But um, thank goodness now for the boating accident because it was because we were on our way to a doctor's appointment for that. That you were that out of the we house. Out of the house when the explosion happened. Oh, so, my goodness. You can always find a bright side. My goodness. Thank you. And I love uh, I love that you're to a place where that story is funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's uh, it's that I mean, how how terrible for you to have to to go through that. So it's it's amazing that you're able to find humor in all of it. Leave us with a bold action item or takeaway. All right. Bold action item. I would say never take anything for granted. Um, prioritize your life and really think about what's important. I used to think of things as being important. You know, what, how many things can you buy? How many nice things can you have? Decorating your home, having nice furniture, but really the things that are important are things you can't replace. Things that, you know, memories made. Take those trips rather than collecting a bunch of stuff. So when the when the firemen ask me when it first happened, is there anything you want us to try to save in the house? Of course, the first thing I thought of was the pets. And when that when it was too late for that, I, they said, is there anything else? And I said, I have a shadow box with my mom and dad's original wedding picture. Oh. And both of their wedding rings are in that shadow box. That is the first thing I immediately thought of, and they were able to save it. It actually was untouched, which is amazing. So things like that that you can't replace, that's what I would suggest is really think about your priorities in life and kind of get those straightened out. 
Thank you for sharing that. You made me emotional. Ah, and I'm glad that it, uh, it, was, it was saved and all of that for you. Julie, if anybody wanted to get a hold of you or reach out to you, how would they do that? Yes, you can email me at Julie, J-U-L-I dot Lewis, L-E-W-I-S, at L-S-C-U dot co-op, like cooperative. Um, or you can feel free to call me too. Um, like, we'll one. just leave you your, we'll put your phone number out uh, on the website. So we're not putting it out on uh, all of this. I'm just going to cut you off on that. Uh, but thank you very much. So the email's out there and then we'll, we'll share your other contact information as well. So thank you. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here and sharing your story. Talk to you soon. All right. Let's head out to the shout out. Aloha. Hi, I'm Andrea Rusnak. I work for PSU, and I can't thank Brandy enough for everything she does for the cutting unit industry. She is such a champion, a leader, and an advocate in our industry. She's fantastic at everything she does, and I just want to shout out to her, the Strategic Hot Box. Congratulations, Brandy. Keep up the great work. Hope to see you soon. Aloha. Mahalo. Thank you to Andrea for such a sweet shout out. Hey girl. And thank you again to Julie for sharing her story. Here is your top five kick ass. Number one, to get back up. If Julie can do it, so can we. No matter what tragedy that you have faced, whether it's something at work, something throughout the day or something more catastrophic, we've got to be able to get back up. Number two, assess, then address. Do some situational analysis, sharpen the saw, whatever we have to do to make a picture of what's really going on, assess first. Number three, reach out to people, rely on the individuals around you, collaborate with those individuals. Use the team and the people that, that you have in your area, your neighbors, and, and, and rely on them for the strength that you may need. Number four, to be present in the moment that you have now. Uh, don't, don't take anything for granted, as Julie mentioned, to be present in things and be thankful for what we have. And that, of course, is number five, to be thankful every moment, every step of the way. It is the love part of Learn Love Kick-Ass, after all. There's your top five, kick-ass. Thank you again to Julie Lewis, and thank you to all of you for listening and watching here on the Strategic Hotbox. As always, you can hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever we're there. Until I see you again, get out there and kick some ass.